0: Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Melanie and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, April 4th, 2014. Today we are reading from the big book and we are at page 44, chapter 4, We Agnostics, paragraph 1. Today's readers are 12 Steps, Ida L. 12 Traditions, Sarah W. Readers of the text, Lauren S., Hoodie R., and Kim G. The reference number for yesterday, Thursday, April 3rd, 2014 is 6128. 6128. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Ida L. to read the 12 steps. Ida L., would you please, please press star one? Oh, there you are. Good, Good morning. morning. Hi,
1: it's Ida L. from We tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs.
2: Pass.
0: Thank you. I will now ask Sarah W. to read the 12 Traditions.
2: Good morning, everybody. Thank you for your service, Melanie. This is Sarah W. from Iowa, and I'll be reading the 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass.
0: Thank you. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the Big Book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the Big Book on page 44, paragraph 1, at the very beginning of Chapter 4, We Agnostics. I will ask Lauren S. to begin reading.
3: Oh, okay. S. recovered compulsive overeater from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Chapter Four: We Agnostics. In the preceding chapters, you have learned something of alcoholism. We hope we have made clear the distinction between the alcoholic and the non-alcoholic. If, when you honestly want to, and find you cannot quit entirely, or if, when drinking, you have little control over the amount you take, you are probably alcoholic. If that be the case, you may be suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer. Okay. Oh, gee whiz. We stepped step one, which now we are entering the unmanageability of our lives. On page 44, 45, in the middle of 52, and uh, the second half of step one, the unmanageability, um, untreated compulsive overeating, or our spiritual malady, and I was I was taught that this condition, this exists before and after the first bite, drunk on food, or sober, and <clears throat> this. This for me, is very helpful to uh understand at finishing step one because you know today I'm recovered i don't I don't have the obsession with food, I also don't have the allergy triggered, but that's not enough there's something else this is a three part disease. I hear people say two part this is there's three parts to this there is something. There's something driving me to be restless, irritable discontent where where it's 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 up it's the root of it all. There's something other than just mental and physical because I'm recovered today from mental and physical, but I'm not cured. So what is that? What is that? It's it's for me it's the spiritual malady, which is what keeps me Practicing this program, trusting in my Lord, and helping God's kids, I have to, because of my spiritual unmanageability, never will be cured, never will be cured. My mental obsession is is recovered. My physical allergies recovered. My spiritual unmanageability will never be cured. Okay. And this paragraph, you know, oh, gee Liz, we have this questionnaire's. You know ten reasons you're a compulsive reader I think alcoholic alcoholics have up to forty four questions now. you know, do you drink in the morning? Do you drink at work? Do you have a bad reputation? There's two questions there's two questions a two question questionnaire, and that is when you want to, can you quit entirely or whenever you are compulsively overeating. Can you control how much you take? So so what's that little summary? Can you stay stopped or can you stop when you start? Two questions. Okay. Um thank you very much. I'll pass.
0: Thank you. Who would like to comment on what was read?
4: Thank Good morning Dr. everyone. Bella, can I share? Hi, good morning, Bella. Yes. Good morning. Thank you. My name is Bella, and I'm a thankful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, Melanie, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody that is on the line. I love this paragraph. It's a paragraph with a hope. Yes, there is a hope. Uh, We hope. We have made clear. It's a hope. Yes. And why it's a hope? Because it brings me like the same feeling like a baby when he starts to walk. You know, we don't put a baby to walk when he's two months old, when he's three months old. We are waiting till he is ready. When he is ready, if he's 12 months old, he, if he's 13 months old, it doesn't matter When we feel that he is ready, that he is able to start to do his first steps, then when we will let him to walk, uh, we know that he might fall. We know that uh, he will not uh, walk straight right in the beginning, but we trust him, and this is... Exactly what he says here. Why he has to again to to let us know if we are real compulsive overeater? Because this is f- the safe and secure feeling. Yes, if you feel and if you know and if you face the reality that you are a compulsive overeater, just accept it and love yourself and love this fact because there is a solution, and the solution is a spiritual path. Don't worry. You, can, you, you, you don't have to stay forever in this disease. Don't worry. There is a solution. It's a hope. But we have to, to accept 100% perfectly step number one, I accept, we accept and admit that we are powerless. And yes, it's a wonderful thing. It's, it's a freedom. It's a peaceful mind that, yes, thank you, God, that I came to this point and I can say very happy, yes, I am powerless. I am powerless of the food because I am connected to God. Yes, and I accept this, and I am happy and thankful that I that I can be connected to God, and this is my solution. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. Who else would like to
0: share on what was read?
5: This is Janet. Sally. Hi, Janet.
0: Sally. And I heard one more person. Kim. Is that Kim. Okay, right. that's what I thought. Okay, so... Janice M, Sally A, and then Kim G, in that order. Thank
3: you.
5: Okay, thank you, my dear uh, Melanie. Thank you for your service. My name is Janice M, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. This this is the paragraph I send people to to guide them to help them to really see if they are an, you know a compulsive overeater. Now we've gone through four chapters. The t- four chapters. Uh, chapters that the recovered recovered alcoholics have taught us if we are or if we're not (laughs) a compulsive overeater. They say alcoholism, well, for me, it's compulsive overeating. So these four chapters, what have they taught me? Well, first of all, they taught me that I don't have any willpower. I mean, they've given us examples after examples. And what else have they taught me? Well, I don't have the knowledge. I don't, I, knowledge isn't going to fix what I have. And my good character is not going to fix what I have. And I'm not going to be able to solve my own problem. So what is the problem? Well, the problem is that, okay, if when you honestly want to, you cannot quit entirely, which means, oh, yeah, well, I can quit, but can I quit entirely when I'm stopped? No. That's the obsession of the mind, which is part of my twofold disease. Now, what is the other self-diagnosis for myself? Well, you know, um, you know, once I start picking up certain substances, you know, can I control? Can I control the amount that I put in my system? Or, as the doctor opinions told us, that if you are one of us, that when you pick up that particular substance, and it produces a phenomenon of craving that no other non-alcoholic, non-compulsive overeater that happens to, then you are one of us. So it's a self-diagnostic tool right here. Very, very important. Now, if you honestly can say to yourself, yeah, that's me, that's me, that's me. We've learned it in four chapters um, previous to this. Then, then, okay, I am powerless. I don't have the power. I lack power. Yes. Now, what's the solution? A spiritual experience. Because from my experience, I've tried all kinds of other methods. So they're telling us, if you have this problem, this is the solution. We know what the problem is. We just went through four chapters. The allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind. And uh, it's a great self-diagnostic. I love this paragraph. And uh, you can diagnose yourself. And with that, I pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Janice. Sally A. Thank you, Melanie. Thank you for your service. Sally recovered in South Jersey. So I want to speak to this sentence. If when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely or if when drinking you have little control over the amount you take, you are probably alcoholic. They've already told us that, that uh, they're going to help us make the distinction. We hope you've made a clear distinction between the alcoholic and the non-alcoholic. But when I read this, but if when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely. First of all, I'm reminded of Bill's story on page five. Uh, it's the fourth paragraph down when he says, I woke up. This had to be stopped. I saw I could not take so much as one drink. I was through forever. Before then, I had written lots of sweet promises. But my wife happily observed that this time I meant business. And so I did. And so many of us have had days like this where we were walking through dark woods and we were binging our brains out and we suddenly we woke up one morning and said to ourselves oh my gosh this has to stop my gosh what am I doing just like Bill did here in this page five so when it says if when you honestly want to now it looks like Bill finally he really wants to and yes he cannot quit entirely because we see in the next paragraph at the bottom of that page Page 5, shortly afterward, I came home drunk. And so many of us can relate to this. This is such a clear picture of my years of being in the food binging and not really getting it, not really getting step one, that I couldn't. Especially this part at the end of this paragraph that we just read, that um, you may be suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer, even for the many years that I was white-knuckling my way through, for five years that I put the sugar and the flour down, that I stopped watching TV, I was, I was stopping certain behaviors, I was stopping certain foods, and yet I didn't get that it was still a spiritual experience that was going to con- conquer this. I was still mustering on a morning-by-morning basis. I was mustering The whatever it would take, whether it was the three phone calls or the three meetings or whatever it would take to put this food down, to stop this compulsive behavior, to stop the insanity, when ultimately, here we see step one. When you honestly want to, this is the question you have to ask yourself today. Do you honestly, really, are you ready? Do you honestly want to stop the insanity? And if you can honestly say, yes, Sally, I do really want to stop the insanity, please take another look at step one. We admitted is, yes, the important first two words. We admitted we were powerless over food and that our lives had become unmanageable. We are powerless. Only a spiritual experience will conquer us. And here we are and we agnostics, and they're going to help us to become more comfortable in a relationship with the higher power of our choosing, of our of our understanding. Thanks for letting me share with that iPad. Thank you, Sally. Kim G., you're next. Thanks, Melanie. We, hi, my name is Kim G., and I'm a recovery-compulsive overeater from South Jersey. We hope we have made clear the distinction between the alcoholic and the non-alcoholic well, let me tell you, I was in LA for 17 years and in our meetings they would say are there any other compulsive overeaters besides myself and I would raise my hand but I have to tell you I raised my hand saying I am fat and I don't want to be fat anymore I didn't understand the distinction between the alcoholic and the non-alcoholic that wasn't really described very well in the room it's described beautifully in the preceding pages you know we have this two-fold illness if we only have one fold of it I'm not a compulsive overeater. You know, I definitely have friends that, that say to me, Kim, I don't know what it is. I open up a bag of Doritos and I can't stop. I, it's impossible for me to stop. And I'm like, really? So what do you do? Because, well, I just don't open up the bag of Doritos. I'm like, oh, okay. That's not a compulsive overeater. They have the sanity to make the decision because they understand they can't stop. I also have another friend who's obsessed with chocolate. She thinks about it all day long, and she comes home, and she's got a bag of Hershey Kisses, and she has one Hershey Kiss, and it's like, oh and she's satisfied. She's not a compulsive overeater. She has this obsession of the mind around chocolate, but because she doesn't have the allergy, she becomes satisfied once she has the chocolate. So it's unless we have both aspects of this disease, we're not a compulsive overeater. And the irony, I think, is when someone comes in and you tell them they're a compulsive overeater, they're going to fight you tooth and nail. You can't tell me who I am. But also, too, when you start to ask someone questions and you say, you know what, maybe you're not a compulsive overeater, like, you can't tell me what I'm not. Because if someone comes in and they're just simply, you know, looking for a diet and a diet works for them and they just don't want to pay for it, so they come to Overeaters Anonymous, and we should encourage them to go to a conventional diet program. If someone is going through a very difficult time in their life and they've been emotionally eating, I always thought I was an emotional eater, and if that is your reality, if you really have a difficult time and you're using food as a coping mechanism and you do not have the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind, then maybe counseling will work for you. And we should encourage people to do that. Because we have to be clear on what the distinction is between the alcoholic and the non-alcoholic. Because if at this point in the game, we can honestly say that we are not a compulsive overeater, say congratulations, you don't need to go through the rest of the book. Because maybe therapy will help you. Maybe a nutritionist just letting you know what is appropriate to eat will help you. Well, let me tell you, if that is not your reality, if you have this allergy to the body, which means you can no longer reasonably predict how much you're going to have when you pick up a substance. And if when you put it down, you can get comfortable being abstinent. Because we learned in the last chapter, our real problem is we are so uncomfortable being abstinent, the only thing that we feel will keep us easy, give us easy comfort is the food. If that is your reality, and we have to be very clear if that is our reality, it's going to tell us in that last sentence. If that be the case, we cannot be comfortable in abstinence, and once we pick up, we can no longer reasonably predict how much we're going to eat. If that is the case, you may be suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer. And when we're convinced that that is our case, and we accept that only a spiritual experience will conquer it, that is when the rest of the book is needed. If that is not your reality, if you're not convinced of that, or maybe you're more not a compulsive overeater, maybe there are other avenues you can pursue, then really we can just close the book and you can pursue those other avenues. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Who else would like to comment on what was that? Monica? Monica? Here, Monica and then Larry.
6: So hello Monica.
0: Leah. Monica, then Leah. And
7: then
8: Raquel and
7: Leah. Thank you. Go ahead. Thank you. Good morning, Melanie. Thank you, everyone. My name is Monica and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. So here we are, chapter four. Chapter four. In the preceding chapters you have learned something of alcoholism. And so here we we've And we have. We know we've gained a lot of knowledge in those preceding chapters. And this one says, We agnostics. What? We agnostics? I'm not an agnostic. And what is an agnostic? It's one who believes the existence or non-existence of God cannot be proven or known, or a person unsure that God or God exists. And at the bottom of this paragraph, it says, You may be suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer. And here's the title of this chapter, We Agnostics. And I need a spiritual experience. Whoa, 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 whoa. This is, I'm not too sure about all of this, you know. And uh, I'm not too sure about this God thing. Or the other side of the coin, and this is where I was coming from, was, well, I'm a religious person. I have a faith. I have practiced in my faith all my life. But we've also learned that, you know, there was something missing. There was something missing. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been um, still trying to solve the problem myself. Or all my attempts of trying to solve the problem myself, would have something would have worked. And they're saying here, only a spiritual experience will conquer. So we're, we're dealing with step two here. You know, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. So if I need a power greater than me. So I like going back to we agnostics. Ag means without. Gnostics means knowledge. And I like to look at the chapter the title of this chapter as we without knowledge I was missing something I didn't have something I did not have that relationship with a higher power that I needed that would solve my problem and so this chapter is going to give me lots of different ways to try to get me to change my um ideas, my uh, prejudices, my old ideas about this higher power or about a higher power so that I can set aside those old ideas and allow something new to come in so that I can say, yeah, okay, there, I can believe that there's something greater than me because they're saying here, I am going to have to believe in something greater than me that's gonna be able to work here. And with that, I will pass. And there is, there is my pass. Thank you, Monica. Raquel,
9: you're next. Yes, hello, hello. Thank you so much for being there in this wonderful lesson. And um, I, I think I finally just have one line that I would like to say over and over again that uh, about uh, diagnosing and, and knowing at what point you either are going to go on with the program or you are going to go back to where you came from, which is uh, going to the bitter end, um, that on page 60 it says um, that the, the three pertinent ideas that we're alcoholics and could not manage our lives, that probably no human power could have relieved that and that God could and would, if you were sought. And that I would being convinced we were at step three, I just want to mention that in the in the original manuscript, which I can't find the book right now uh, this little red book in which at the at back there is a little bit of the original manuscript, it says a sentence that did not get into the into the big book as we have it in front of us now after the one hundred recovered people went over it, and the sentence is if you came to this point and you were not convinced yet, either go back to step one or throw the book away. That's what he said, exactly. Everybody on- online who has this access to that um, manuscript can look it up. Either go back to step one or throw the book away. So it takes a very long time, for it for, took me a very long time to realize that I have still not done step one as I as I need to do in order to go on, let alone two and three. So um just that, going again and again and again and listening to the people, I I realize so well why me and many others cannot proceed, even if we do all the motions and if I go all the way to step twelve and go over it again and again, if at this point I am not convinced deep in my innermost self of these three pertinent ideas it's no use you know i'm just just the pain of climbing up a few steps on the mountain and rolling back down and climbing up endlessly so yes either go back to step one it's it's not it's not like the viciousness of a sponsor who stands who used to send me back to step one Um, to start and answer that many questions, that's what, what I had to do, to go back and answer and look at it again and experience again until I am totally convinced, otherwise all the rest of the steps don't make any sense. So I'm very glad I didn't throw the book away but continued and that I have now this wonderful five years and three months and two weeks and six days and I count them like jewels, jewels, and, and the most precious thing I have, and hope that until the end of this day, it will continue that way, and God be with me and with everyone on the line. If I can do it, everyone online can do it. Believe me, and I love you all, and have a God-blessed day, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Raquel. Larry, I did call out of order. My apologies to you. Are you able to share now?
10: Sure, yeah, no problem.
0: Hi, Larry, thanks, go ahead. Larry from
10: Chicago. Oh, you bet, you bet. Larry, I uh, recovered compulsive over here from Chicago. Yeah, I'll just focus on, I mean, we've, you know, we've talked about, um, you know, the, the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind, and, you know, we got to get clear on that, you know. But in, in the last line, so if that be the case, it was the case for me, all right, at some point I realized that was the case for me. And it says, I may be <clears throat> suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer. You know, the word conquer, um, you know, it's, I mean, to defeat, to gain control over, you know, a problem, to subdue, to dominate. You know, I'm no longer dominated by by candy. I'm, I'm, I'm dominated by God. That's what's been conquered. But. You know, beyond the food, you know, because sometimes we come into program, we think it's the alcohol, the food, that that's that's my problem. What was conquered for me? Well, well, here it is. I mean, I'm no longer restless, irritable, and discontented. I'm no longer having trouble with personal relationships. I can control my emotional nature today. That's what's been conquered. I'm no longer prey to misery and depression and anxiety. I didn't do that for myself. You know, I can make a living today. I, I lead a happy, successful life. I don't have feelings of uselessness. I'm not full of fear that ruled my life, unhappy, inability. To, I can be of help to, to other people, and, and boy, they come in droves, and I, and, and I love it. It's, it's terrific. It's the bright spot of my life today. You know, I'm no longer like the actor who wants to run the whole show you know, directing everything. I was driven before before this was conquered, I was driven by a hundredfold pure self delusion, self seeking and self pity. My self will. I was leading a double life. You know, I was like a tornado running through the lives of others, you know, just blowing them about and, and then and then when, you know, the wind stopped blowing, wondering why they had a problem with it. I don't live my life like that anyway today, you know, anymore. You know, exhibiting selfish and inconsiderate habits, because I'm conquered by God today. that's the only reason you know, left to my own devices, I'd be into the food that's the least of what I'd be into. you know that's I thought that was my problem just just get a get a hold of that, control that today, all those things that I mentioned that's what God conquered for me. So I, I, I'm dominated by by a higher power of of my understanding that directs my life, and I ask for that higher power to show me to align my will with his will today, with its will today. doesn't matter what your conception is. It's just not me today. So that's uh, very grateful for this program. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Larry.
0: Leah M.,
11: you're next. Thanks, Melanie, for your service. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. If that be the case, you may be suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer. (laughs) That is the news for someone like me. Uh, Do I have an allergy of the body? Check. Do I have an obsession of the mind? Check. All I had to do was review my uh, compulsive overeating career uh, to see that that was the case for someone like me, uh, so I was rendered powerless. <laughs> that was my conclusion um, wasn 't a conclusion of the intellect it was a conclusion of the wounds um, you know the conclusion of that that process of compulsive overeating, my career that inside my skin, uh, my body, my mind, my will, my intellect my self knowledge my determination, my motivation. Uh, You know, I had no effective power with respect to my binge foods. I had no choice. That mental obsession condemned me to continue to eat when I didn't want to, and the phenomenon of craving condemned me to continue binging uh, once I started. And even when I was not compulsively overeating, and there were times, uh, and even when um, there were times when I wasn't even thinking about compulsively overeating, because there were time periods where that was the tr- case, my life was unmanageable. I was restless. I was irritable. I was discontent. I felt on edge. I was impatient. Uh, you know, my efforts, any efforts that I put Towards this, all that energy that I have with inside of me, all my desire, all my wishes, uh, all my necessity to recover. Um you know that had not delivered the hoped for results. I was still restless, irritable, and discontent, and at some point, much like a ticking time bomb, uh you know I would have to uh dig my fists into a cellophane bag and a, and a bakery box. I just couldn't take it anymore. You can only hold your breath under long underwater for so long. Uh, So again, you know, if that be the case, you may be suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer. I mean, the big book is quite kind here. You may be. I mean, they suggested to me, hey, Leah, you know, when you are exhausted enough by this disease, when it has beat you down and you are sick and tired of being sick and tired, there is a way out. Because once you've accepted step one, dear Leah, and your life has become unmanageable, dear Leah, then you've realized that to continue compulsively overeating means continued torture, suffering, and disaster. So does continuing to rely on entirely on yourself to stop compulsively overeating because that had proved futile. So if I already knew that I couldn't rely on myself, then my choices narrowed down to either relying on some power greater than myself, a spiritual experience like they're talking about here, or be doomed to a compulsive overeater's death, which I was quite close to. So the big book is going to tell me in a bit that those aren't easy alternatives to face, but that was uh, where I came down to. There was no door number three. God was coming in through the wound, my wound, of compulsively overeating, that wound. You know, so uh, lack of power was my dilemma. And this was about raising of the dead. This was about being uh, enslaved by compulsive overeating and and rising up out of a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. There was a solution. There was a way out. It wasn't going to be physical. It wasn't going to have to do with humans. It wasn't going to be material. It was going to be in the fourth dimension. It was going to be in the world of the spirit. And with that, I pass.
0: Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Who else would like to share on this paragraph before we move on? Okay, I'll take that as a time to pass on. Hoodie um, R., would you please read the second paragraph on page 44?
6: Hi. Good morning, Melanie. Thank you so much for your service. This is Hoodie R. from Israel. Um, to one who feels is an atheist or agnostic, such an experience seems impossible, but to continue as he, means, as he is means disaster, especially if it is an alcoholic of the hopeless variety. To be doomed to an alcoholic death or to live on a spiritual basis are not always easy alternatives to face. And um, just a review here in the agnostic. So we're talking to the atheist or the agnostic. And yes, this experience seems impossible um like you know what we hear it seems um hopeless um it seems because of the state of the mind that we are in at a time in disease in that in that bitter morass of self pity um resentment um of being totally um numbed out, but to continue as he means as he is means disaster, and that's where i felt um you know i had as we heard before i there was i had two I had two choices. I had to make a decision. Either I could continue on, um, and which which, mean, which meant that continue as I was going um, in by myself, being that actor, running the whole show, um, giving. Um, or I could just say, okay, I am desperate. I am doomed and done. I am ready, and and, and move. And I want I'm ready to move on, move on and um accept what this program has to offer because these people these people have something that I want and I see there there's something um peaceful um something I'm happy about it and you know there's no other way and you know what yes it might be difficult to make that take that step um but um because you know it may be difficult but what and i what we heard online one months um, before is i i don't know, um it's something that it is it's what i don't know what won't kill me but what i do know and i know that this disease is just progressive and it's just getting worse and worse and worse and i better do something about it if i want to live happy and um and healthy and um, and joy and with joy, and with that,
0: thank you for me share with I-PASS. Thank you, Hoodie. Who would like to share on what was just read?
2: This is Sarah. May I share?
0: This is Sharon. Sure, morning, Sarah. Sarah W. and then Sharon H. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Melanie, for your service. Uh, good morning, everybody. My name is Sarah, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overreader. reader um, You know, there's so much to what we're reading now, and um, I was thinking that um, it's kind of, when I think about the last sentence in this paragraph, it says, to be doomed to an alcoholic death or to live on a spiritual basis are not always easy alternatives to face. Why not? Does that make sense? You know, I either can die or I can pick up the the spiritual toolkit, which is really basically the steps of the program, why is that so difficult? But, you know, the insanity is that, you know, I am different from other people. I think that's what I had the hard time with, with really conceding to my innermost self that forever, it's not just going to be when I lose my weight, forever I am going to be different from other people. I have this malady. I have this illness. And I am going to live with it the rest of my life one day at a time, but I can arrest the disease if I'm willing to do these things. And I think the other thing that comes into my mind is just to go back to that paragraph we read first, the word honest comes into play. It says if when you honestly want to. You know, I heard a lot of people this morning speak about um, the willingness, the, the the desire. You know, it says in our tradition you know the desire to stop eating compulsively, and I think most people come in and they just want to lose the weight. It's all about what they look like you know they i, I think I've heard it said you know we come in with with vanity and we what we what we find is sanity or something to that ex- extent, but I think you know for me, I have to honestly want to stop eating, not to start losing to start, stop eating, and most of us don't want to stop. You know, the funny thing is we want our cake and want to eat it too, you know. I mean, we, want, we think that, you know, we should be able, because this is the, the immature mentality that most addicts have. You know, I want what I want when I want it. So I want, I want to eat, but I also want to be thin, and I'm not willing to sacrifice either one of those. And as I've heard before too, the reality is that something you know, something has to go. You know, like we have to we have to be willing to offer that up. We have to be willing to offer up the idea that I want more the sanity in my life and I want to get rid of all these unmanageabilities, which I can do even after I'm through the nine steps by using 10 and 11 and 12. But, you know, I have to be willing to want to, to honestly stop eating compulsively. And I, I do today, and I'm grateful for that. And, uh, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Sarah. Sharon H., you're next. Good morning, Melanie. This is Sharon H. in Colorado,
12: Recovered Compulsive Overeater. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I looked at this the first paragraph where there's three ifs and then one fact, because I I missed so many of the facts in regards to my compulsive overeating. And uh, first, if it's if you honestly want to, and I thought I did, I thought I did, but I see now you know it was it was more about the outward appearance, it was more about uh, it really was I wanted to lose the weight and and then my lie that I told myself was that you know if I lose the weight, then somehow some way I'll be able to go back and always eat the same way, but not suffer the consequences. so these two ifs are facts for me today that when i when I found that I cannot quit entirely, or when I am eating, I have little control over the amount that I take. then I had to uh, cross out probably and say, yes, I am a compulsive overeater. And then it gives me another if. If that be the case, then I'm suffering from this illness, and only a spiritual experience is going to conquer it. And then I go down to this next paragraph, and I... Uh, To be doomed to be an alcoholic to an alcoholic death, and I was a dead woman walking around, or to live on a spiritual basis are not always easy alternatives to face. But when I came in here in July of 2012, and uh, God shined that light into this uh, stubborn, uh, closed mind of mine to show me that I had exactly this issue with the food, and I was willing to then choose to surrender that to this uh, God. And then <clears throat> what has happened to me is a process of working through this step that he, he leads me beside quiet waters because I was always addicted to speed and, uh, you know, speed, you know, life, life being fast, 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 and noise and, and chaos and all of those things. Those were all the unmanageability in my life as a result of living a lie. And then uh, through the process of steps four through nine, he restored my mind and body, uh, that I do not have to go back and take that first bite. He restored my soul. And then he guides me through these steps to learn how to live, live in these steps one day at a time, now in 10, 11, and 12. I still do get restless, irritable, and discontent. The difference is today I know I must, I must do what I must do, doing a quick step 10, um, confessing that to God and another human being, whether it's fear, restless discontent, and then I am restored once again. And um, what a beautiful way to live. And then I am able to be there for other people like I never thought I could be because I could never stay absent. So I'm just so
0: grateful to be here today. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Melanie. Thank you, Sharon. The time allows for one share or two shorter shares. Is there anyone else out there that would like to share on what was read? Hi, this
8: is Sandy. C in Boston.
0: Hi, Sandy. Sandy C.
13: Sandy D. in New York, Recovered Compulsive Overeater.
0: Sandy D., welcome. Time is for you to share.
13: Thank you, Melanie. I just want to say that I just love the way these chapters are built like blocks, one on top of the other. Um, when I when I found out that I had an allergy, I wasn't willing to try this. And then when I found out I had an obsession, you know, maybe I still wasn't willing to try this. But by the time I get to Chapter 4, and I understand through Bill's story, the suffering, and I understand through... Um, more about alcoholism the, the 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 more insanity with all the examples and um there is a solution more about the obsession by the time I get to the agnostics, I understand that I am out of ideas I am out of ideas I am doomed um and only a spiritual experience will conquer my illness so when I know when I really know in my heart that I'm out of ideas that's the only time that I'm willing to accept this alternative as um, a way of life. Thank you, Melanie. I pass.
2: Oh,
0: Thank you, Sandy. Well, with that, we do have time for one more share. Does anybody else like to share on what was read before we Kathy? close this meeting? Hi, Kathy, it's your turn. Thank you.
8: Thank you, Melanie. This is Kathy Kay, a recovered compulsive overeater. And um, you know, it took me reading uh, these four chapters many times over before i was willing to consider that i could live on a spiritual basis i was such a die-hard agnostic um, and uh, it was only by um, reading reflecting listening and acting as if um, i had a higher power that i could turn to that I started that shell of defensiveness and um, I forget the other word that's used in the big book, um, but that unwillingness to have an open mind. Uh, contempt is the word I'm looking for. I had such contempt that I was not willing to consider the alternative. And because I did not have a lot of weight to lose, I had the faulty view that... Um, you know, maybe I could could make it without whatever these, this spiritual basis is. I am so grateful that today um, I have a vital connection with a higher power, and it was given to me through working the steps and following the suggestions of my sponsor. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Kathy. And thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will so Ken G. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if...